Hello, and welcome to episode 211 of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just a scroll away. <laughs> so we talked earlier about getting rid of the introductions. I like it because I think it's kind of stuffy. What do you think, Brandon? And don't just say you agree with Paxton because that's easiest. I don't care either way, uh, honestly. I have an opinion. I see, I see both. You see both what? I see both uh, reasons for keeping and getting rid of. Tell me why we should keep it. For repetitive listeners, it's probably annoying. Like, I hate seeing things. It's like, okay, okay, skipping through. I could see how for newer people, perhaps. But then again, if you listen to a show and you like what they're saying, you're going to look them up anyway and find out who they are. I see both. Maybe I lean towards getting rid of the uh, intros, but I am not opposed to the intros. That is the decision. Classic. Too much lukewarmness over there. (laughs) I get along with everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what do we do? Do we just hop into it then? Yeah, we just hop in. Well, before we hop in, I want to give a shout out to Wayne Slight, who apparently listens to the show, and this is just a test if he actually listens. So Wayne, if you hear this, you text, have to give us $5 to prove that you listen. Give us $5 and then text $5 me your favorite emoji. It? Yeah, well, I guess we could, $3. That's easier to split. Yeah. <laughs> or $6. Okay, well, let's go 9 <laughs> Hell, we can do 12 <laughs> uh, We could do 15 Yeah, that's fair. 18 <laughs> Should we keep going with that? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> um. So last week we said that we were going to continue on from our previous week's episode. And uh, where we left off was we started to kind of get into a conversation about the future of communication. Brandon posed the question about where what's the future of email. We, we brought up millennials and how millennials are, they are... Is there the potential for the millennials to kind of uh, kill off email and do all their communication through social media type places? Uh, and that's kind of where we left, left off. Um, who wants to pick that up? Well, I think so I see the arguments like right now, email is going to be around for the next five years at least, I think. But uh, I think Facebook is doing a really good job at driving businesses to Messenger because the the problem I had with the reason I would say that email is never going to be replaced is because often your social, like I'm connected with my friends on Facebook but I'm not connected with like business associates or people I want to get in contact with just because that's how I treat my, some people are different with with their social, but I think that's where um, Facebook messenger now that they really are pushing businesses to get on there. And like with intelligent bots often that can like provide customer support. I think that is going to be the pivot where people are going to be getting accustomed to contacting businesses through social. I mean, we're already seeing it with like Twitter with, Twitter's like the complaint network I've just learned. Like when you have a complaint, learn that. Well, (laughs) just over the years, like like how recent nobody goes on like a rant about how bad a company is on Facebook or on Snapchat, but on Twitter they do because they like tagging that company and then hopefully getting a response out of them. Uh, But that's also companies. Like there's some irony there. Yeah, because rants typically last longer than 140 characters. Well. But so now, what do you call a short? Now, rant? if you include images and yeah. URLs, they don't count. Oh man, they're moving that. Since when? Uh, last very week, recent. I think. Oh man, that is life changing. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and I hate, I hate my biggest uh, pet peeve with Twitter is when you're in like a group discussion, 
and like uh, all yeah. these tags are on there and you want to like people join in the yeah and people are joining in and suddenly you have like 10 characters to respond and it just gets annoying so i hope they get i, I think they should get rid of tags like if you mention a person's name that doesn't count towards the yeah. 140 limit. yeah yeah so jack dorsey if you're listening well, of course he's listening that will really raise the stock price of twitter all right, Jack, to prove that you're listening, do you invest send in Twitter? us $6. <clears throat> I thought about it when they were, when crap is hitting the fan, but yeah, I'm not that confident in when Twitter. You're, when you're saying when crap hits the, was hitting the fan, are you talking about when they were talking about getting rid of the 140 character limit altogether? Well, just the whole CEO problems, like they couldn't keep, like the, the hierarchy of the company was just falling apart. Twitter was being labeled as like old school, irrelevant but guys like Kanye West and Donald Trump will keep Twitter in business for a long time. Hmm. Let's just hope he's president. Because <laughs> otherwise, Twitter is going Yeah, Twitter down. is really rooting for Donald Trump. I don't know how Trump. I feel about Kanye being president. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I bought some Twitter, but only because I just discovered Robin Hood and started buying up a bunch of garbage. I've made 12 bucks so far. Off of Twitter? Off of Robin Hood. Oh. I've lost money on Twitter. <laughs> the one I regret not buying was Chipotle when like I regret they were not at buying the bottom, Apple, man. But their stocks are so big at Chipotle. Uh, in in that, 2010, in two, I left the country for two years and I had 3,000 bucks and I was like, I could buy a bunch of Apple like I want to do or I could put it in a CD. I put it in a CD, I came back and I made 30 bucks. I think <laughs> if I had bought Apple, I would have made $3,000. You'd be retired now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still, I mean, I know it's not that much, but I like, regret not still buying Apple in 1987. Uh, <laughs> or you two three mm. it was three in 1987 anyway so the future of email uh i'm not sure i got a straight response from me brandon let's fast forward 10 years in the future what do you think gmail looks like take a stand brandon well so this bleeds into another discussion that we've uh we've had on the dock to discuss and that is the future of google and I think it. I think everything's going to blend together because right now people view Google as a search company just because that's their bread and butter. But ultimately, they are an information company. Like their goal, their mission statement from day one has been to organize the world's information and make it easily accessible for any person. And right now, that's you know, search. Obviously, they're in social and all these different areas. The there's a lot of different ways. Like I think well, when we fast forward 10 years, we're talking about, and many, many very smart people and prominent people agree with this. We're going to have apparently chips in our brains that uh, like Mark Zuckerberg is confident that the future of communication is uh, just being able to send thoughts through our heads, which right now sounds there's no way that can happen. What would the range be on yes. that? <laughs> I don't know. And how do you... Isn't there like worry about hacking into that kind of yeah. stuff? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So I dug into it. This is public information, but I don't think anyone knows. The Department of Defense is already inserting brain chips into uh, a select group of uh, subjects, military people. But right now it's they have to give consent and it's it's when they're already going in for brain surgery. And it's typically the people who are coming back from war with. Uh, traumatic stress and different stuff like that. So they're going to get brain surgery. And so the government has been uh, inserting the Department of Defense of all people, which their question with everything is ultimately 
how do we weaponize this? They're trying to make super soldiers. Yeah. So but they, they deny that. They're saying, no, we're just trying to help. But this is, I think this is just the the beginning of, and Eric Schmidt says that, he said that within four years, we'll have people who basically can have, like, the information is going to be, like, the whole internet is not going to exist as we know it. It's just going to, it's almost like the internet of things, but we're one of those devices that can um, connect to all these different things. So it sounds like when you read into it, like the more you read, the scarier it is, but at the same time, like it, you start to see like, this makes sense. And it's not just like one crazy guy saying that, like many, many leaders and very intelligent scientists. They they probably all have the same chip and have been programmed (laughs) to say the same thing. So the DOD is, is putting these chips into these return military people. Mm -hmm. What's the, what's the point? Like, what what are they trying to accomplish? The, what what are the chips to cure right now? It's to help, um, cure the whole PTSD. Yeah. But they're not, they've revealed nothing as far as the results when I think it was like the Washington post I was reading when they reached out to the different people, they didn't get any answers from, the actual subjects who had surprise, undergone surprise. the, uh, but it's very interesting how like we're already entering that phase. Um, so on, in 10 years, we'll be able to opt into that in 20 years. They'll just inject it into you upon being born. <laughs> uh, very much. And it sounds weird. Like, well, I, I'm not going to go under surgery to have them like cut open, but like laser surgery was viewed very similar. If you go back 10, 15 years where it's like, you're going to put lasers into my eyeball and that's going to give me like perfect vision. Whereas now it's just considered like, oh yeah, it's a nice thing it's to do. It's an outpatient procedure. Yeah. Like, oh, I want to go improve my eyes. I want uh, hearing aids. I want to put a little device into my ear to, to allow me to hear at better ranges. So we're very, humans are very interested in optimizing themselves. And so I think like, have you ever seen the movie Limitless with uh, yeah. Bradley, Bradley Cooper? Cooper? Yeah. I wish I had that pill. But uh, I think that pill will come in the form of a brain chip. How much you a brain chip. According to a bunch of ads on New York Times, that, that pill exists. Yeah, I've seen stuff like that. I've also seen pills that apparently allow you to not get any sleep and function just fine. Oh, I was mostly just joking about the garbage ads that I see on publication sites, but that is the <laughs> real thing. I've also seen that jellyfish are linked to improved brain function. Is, is that so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard that. I've also seen twelve I'm mysterious. Not, I'm not kidding. I've seen twelve mysterious photos that you that cannot be explained. <laughs> okay, let's enter a new segment. What's on your feed? <laughs> My Facebook feed. There we go. Uh, I don't know if we actually ended up deciding uh, if it was Facebook or Twitter. You decide. Pull them both up and share what what uh, which one's better. Mine is Fail Army. You guys follow them. No. Are you on Twitter or Facebook? I'm on Facebook, and it's a video with the caption, ha, 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 epic. But I don't have my sound on it. It's some woman in her car. It's a three-minute video. So, Fail sorry, Army. Facebook or Twitter? This is Facebook. Okay. What is it just like, fail videos? Uh-huh. Mm. So, if you love fail, like slapstick humor. I try not to follow such trite communications. <laughs> All right, Pax, what's on your feed? Uh, at the top of my feed is a tweet by eConsultancy, posted two minutes ago. It says, Google aims to help advertisers capitalize on viral videos. Uh, at, at the top line says, at its digital new fronts event last week, Google YouTube announced a new ad offering 
that it hopes will give advertisers the ability to take advantage of viral videos. Hmm. Well, there's a topic right there. So on my feed, I'm on Twitter. I have a tweet from Laura Pence Atencio. You guys follow Laura Pence? Nope. I do not. I don't know if it's Laura or Laura. You might follow her and not even know it. Check it. Wouldn't be surprised. She tweeted out, are you making these nine common web analytics mistakes? And that's it. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Now I'm just reading this article about Google letting people capitalize on viral videos. So here's have they, thing. Haven't they always let people capitalize on viral videos? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to understand what is different about What's this. the difference? All right, Brian, what do you got? Um, this branches off of our, our conversation just two minutes ago. Uh, you've seen the movie Surrogates, right? I have. Bruce Willis. Paxton? Mm, is that where they live? Like they you, live they never leave their house. At, but, and everyone is living in a different, in a body outside of. That's mm-hmm. right. I, I, yeah, I've heard the premise, but I, I've never seen it. So I don't know if that's actually going to happen. So he has to go out into the world with his actual body. Yeah, and he doesn't have like all the perfect abilities and whatnot. Is Bruce Willis the user or is he the robot? Both. Oh, he's, so your robot just like looks just like yeah, you. It's, it's just enhanced. enhanced. Well, it's the it, perfect you. It, it is. Like, like when he actually shows his actual body, like he has thinner hair and he's a little overweight. Whereas mm-hmm. his... Uh, like his wife's overweight, but then and it, the robot is like this like model looking lady. Yeah. Is it uh, good? Is it good? You recommend it? Wow, it's, it's been interesting. a lot of years since yeah, I've seen it. It's been a while. It. Yeah, it's one of those that's like, it's, it's like, really yeah. interesting and entertaining and probably worth watching, but not like epic. Yeah, yeah. like the acting is not the greatest. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's the storyline that's just side, intriguing. Side note, have you, has anybody watched that movie with Justin Timberlake released like five years ago? Time, timeless? Yeah. Yep. Was it good? Yeah, it kind of was. The premise of that sounds so cool. It is. It was kind of good. Again, huh. same thing. Entertaining, cool story. The fact that they got Justin Timberlake was a little weird, but yeah. he, he's not a he's not a terrible actor. Huh. Okay, so surrogate, surrogates. And Welcome to Paxton recommends movies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. Well, with like this kind of goes in the communication and just with VR, which is becoming a uh, big thing. I just read an article that some leader in, in VR is convinced that he'll be able to create at least three million jobs within VR kind of like the new era of like programmers. But uh, I almost see us not like these physical robots that are going out into the world and interacting. I almost see us opting to just live in a virtual world. I mean, it's almost like you look at a lot of people who play video games. They're just trying to like, they want to take a break from reality and go be an NBA star or hop in the middle of uh, the Iraq war and just start blowing stuff up or all these different things. And you look at, I think that could actually be a new virtual marketplace. And I think the example of what, how this already happened was World of Warcraft. People were on that religiously. That became their life. And because it was such this, it was this big virtual world, people were actually making real money off of earning yeah. stuff. And then they yep. would like meet up with the characters in the game and sell it for, and then, you know, the, the exchange would still happen in, in real life. Do you think that we could ever, do you think that we'll ever enter that where, virtual reality becomes so cool and so immersive that people will just, I mean, the lazy people are going to be the first ones who are already unemployed. The lazy people. They're just going to be. I don't don't know if I go that far. 
<laughs> I I tried out the Samsung's phone VR stuff yeah. at Best Buy, mm-hmm. and dang, like it is pretty crazy. It's it's cool, and that's not very good VR. Yeah, like, yeah. if it gets better, like that's yeah, I could see people losing hours and hours in okay, these so, worlds. So I uh, we talked a little bit about movie surrogates, for example. Mm-hmm. There's a book that I just read. It's called Ready Player One, and it's it that's the that's the premise is everybody lives in their vr and all business like you put you you just wake up you put on your vr and you actually like go into work into the office i mean it's like worlds upon worlds of just vr that you can all money is exchanged that way everyone just lives in vr it's a very good book steven spielberg is making a movie out of it um but uh your question is do you think we'll ever get to that point yes i do i think that there will be a mm. uh I, i'm not sure about like Everyone, you'll always have those those subsets of people who are like anti new thing and like yeah. find Tech. some yeah, yeah who will you know resist. But I I do I do think that that will be a bigger thing. And then I guess by the, the way, World of Warcraft was not the first. Uh, yeah, Second Life was one of the first oh, big yeah. uh, online communities where people would spend all all the time, and, and it can be it can be an addiction. <clears throat> Marriages Especially when ruined. you're in the game now, essentially. With well, marriages reality. are created sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Crazy. Especially on The Sims, you can get married. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, you're right. I, it seems like the better we get at creating machines and things that do physical labor, like we've seen it, that more and more people get involved in jobs that are information-based where if you really distill it down to its bare bones, what the job is is just organizing information. That's pretty much what marketers do. It's pretty much you know what anybody who just sits on a computer all day does is they're just organizing information. So there's no physical action that has to take place, and so why not do things ver- via virtual reality? I would do it. Yeah, I would I'd hope it. not to become an addict because I, I really think that you can get addicted. To oh, absolutely. Kind of like I'm addicted to Xbox Live. Like I'm on it all the time because the game NBA 2K. Well, the <laughs> my latest is the Division as I was telling you at lunch and it's just the, the way they blend the like your in-game experience with the campaign and online it's just seamless and so you're just suddenly Where running there's an into an online element. Yeah, and that's like the most fun is working with other people like I mean they could just kill oh. you at any second but I misunderstood. I thought you were saying like there's an online element as in within the game, you go to a specific web page that is actually live, oh, which no. would be pretty cool. <laughs> Halo, like, no, I think there are games that you could do that. Halo did something a while ago where they created a bunch of like random websites that had secrets hidden within them. And you would use Easter like, eggs. Yeah, well, no, it was more like you had to solve this puzzle. Um, so an Easter egg is like a hidden reference to something else. Anyway, whatever. But the idea was whoever wins, like whoever gets to the end of this puzzle first wins this big prize. That's Ready Player One right there, man. That, that, was, that was the other premise. Was that the, so the guy who invented the VR program, he died in the first page of the book. And a video was auto-generated upon his death that basically said, I've hidden three Easter eggs in my VR program. And the first person to find them all gets my entire fortune and ownership of my company. And so the whole book, people are, are just, in, it's kind of like a Willy Wonka thing where everyone's searching for the golden ticket. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, that's, that's the premise. 
Yeah. Yeah, more and more games now are just becoming like online is almost a requirement now. If you if you own an Xbox One and don't want to be connected to the internet, you shouldn't have. You bought, just wasted. Yeah, you just wasted money, and like it kind of sucks because like you basically have to pay for Xbox, Xbox Live. Live, otherwise you're only going to get like half the experience. So I think that gets people used to like that in at least in the gaming world that we just work together, and then I'm sure that VR is just only going to elevate that. And then someone, it's the battle, whether it's Google or whoever, where they look at this like, man, people love getting online in this virtual world. And, you know, this company made it so it's like a war experience. This one did this. What if we just try to recreate society as it is today? And it's almost like a, an updated Sims, but you're living in it and you have control over these different things. And then it's almost like anarchy where the users within their VR headsets can it's kind of like watching The Walking Dead. Like, there's no government. It's just slowly set up, and mm. the users are in charge of... So it's like a game, but that game becomes many people's lives. That's the just Matrix. where they're... Yeah. And it sounds so weird, but... like, And I think that is kind of bleeds into the future of communication, where... It does. VR, I think, is as weird as you it sounds. You know what's going to end up happening? You've seen WALL-E. All the fat people on the ship just cruising around in their little hover... Yeah. craft thingies just add little vr headsets on and and there you go i feel like if vr is done right it could actually be helping people who are overweight yeah yeah uh, like if if you're if you're meant to walk like places you know and like travel yeah they'll have like arm these, movements ducking yeah like they'll have these mechanisms that you can be kind of tied into at home where you're actually having to do those motions and otherwise you got muscle atrophy and <laughs> All that stuff that'll that'll happen. Yeah, that's crazy. So, okay, so real quick before we move on, did did any of you? You're not a big gamer, right, Pax? Uh, no. You're you're like not old really. school computer if you do anything, right? <laughs> old school computer. What does that mean? Like I play games on the computer if yeah. I played a game. Yeah. Uh, and even that, I don't really like. You probably if, play if Counter I play. Strike. I did. Yeah, yeah back I, in 2005. If I play a game now, it's it's uh like on my phone. Yeah. Angry it. Birds. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Somewhere Actually, I can play while I'm going to the bathroom. The new Bejeweled Stars or whatever. Oh, I'm addicted. Really? <laughs> I just saw. Did you play Red Dead Redemption? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh my gosh. That's the best game I've ever played. They just announced the next one from Rockstar. But I already sold my Xbox. So Ooh. it's at times like these where I feel a little regret. Yep. Is that why you were asking us about games? Was yeah. for Red Dead Redemption? Yeah. Let's talk back about communication. Oh, you don't want to talk about I want to know. Actually, I want to know. First off, do you guys, are you guys the kind where if we lived in that world of VR, would you be the ones, the naturalists? No. Like I would refusing to get in there? Not, not necessarily like refusing, but just like believing like it's better. Life is better if you don't get into that stuff. Uh, so I'm of the mind that um, uh, everything in moderation Mm-hmm. So VR, I think, can be very powerful, especially if you think about it from a marketing standpoint. If your target audience is in VR, then obviously you want to be in VR. And, and you know, people are going to be selling ad space in VR, and that's it's just going to become a, a whole new world to advertise in. In the same way that we have billboards now, there will be billboards in v- VR that, that will be displays as, as you walk by, you're getting marketed to, probably on a way more personal level. So you're you're walking with, like if Brandon and I are walking down the street in VR, He'll see a completely different ad on this board than I do. Right. Uh, whereas we don't get that experience in real life, but in moderation, right? So 
the one thing that it does have for uh, going for them VR, I mean, is one of the biggest complaints people have about being online all the time is that you remove the human element, the human, the human communication. And I think that if you mimic real life to that degree, you're kind of taking down those barriers and, and you can, you know, mimic that human communication. I, I will say this though, if you're, if you're doing it for like, like your online dating changes, you can say, Hey, let's meet up at the Starbucks, you know, on the corner of, uh, gigabyte and dot com yeah whatever <laughs> and uh and then you meet up you actually have no idea what they look like because they could be they can make themselves look however they want you know which uh-huh. i mean it's is the same now on their profile pic but if you're going to meet up in real life that obviously yeah. are you the naturalist uh i think i would be to be honest uh last year my wife and i cut off all internet at our house for a week and said no screens, so there was no TV, no phones, nothing. We were just like left to. Sounds like you weren't very effective at your job during that week. Well, not <laughs> at home for sure, but yeah. I did spend some more time in the office to compensate. <laughs> but I will say, like, the first day or two were excruciating, but after that, it was like one of my favorite weeks of the whole of the whole year. So why not keep doing it? Because it's hard. I don't know. It's just hard to do it like it's like whole 30 i did the whole 30 diet yeah 30 days of it was pretty close to a um what's that caveman diet called paleo paleo it's pretty close to paleo slightly different the first you know two weeks were like really 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 bad the last two weeks were kind of bad it it wasn't good enough for me to keep doing it obviously but see for me it was like that experience was awesome and so so I say, well, that is good. And when I'm on my phone for an hour, I do not feel awesome. Like I, I hate it. And so I would love, like if my wife wasn't a stay-at-home mom, I would petition to just cut off our internet, sell our TV, get rid of all electronics. How's Pierce doing? He's doing good. Do you have one of those Wi-Fi uh, baby monitors? No, there's an app that I use where you can use any iDevice as a monitor. So I have an old iPhone that I just plug in when we have a babysitter that watches him. Do you hide the phone so the babysitter doesn't know it's there? Uh, it's kind of hard to hide a phone and a charging cable, plug it into the wall because it like eats up the battery like crazy. So no, I don't hide it. Mm. Have you heard of Owlet? Yeah, I have heard of Owlet. I've also heard some not good things about it. They're very interesting. They're based right here in Provo. Yeah. And uh, that's the one where the, the I'm very it, interested it, the in the camera it. moves with mm. movement or something. No, it uh, is a sock that you put on your kid that watches the oxygen levels in their bloodstream. Oh. So if they're not breathing well, the oxygen levels will go down and send an alert. So you get like live vitals right there on your smartphone and it yeah. just monitors everything Heartbeat. within the sock. Yeah. Which that's, it sounds like most new new parents, their biggest fear is something happening. The kid turns yeah. over, can't breathe at night, all these different things. And so it's almost like you're spying peace of mind. It was it was one of the most anxious times of my life. I would if he slept for what I thought was too long, I would be so worried, like walk in expecting him to be dead. Uh yeah. But I will say I I feel like that technology seems good. But in reality, what I think you're doing is just feeding that anxiety. And I don't think the anxiety would go away. You would just be checking your phone every five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that uh, 
as a culture, we are too soft. Yeah, you know, I think the you kids go back are hundred years and they can adapt way better than oh, I yeah. think we think they can. Vitality, man. Little kids are tough. And honestly, like my sometimes uh, my wife will want to go check in on him to make sure he's still breathing and still alive. And I feel like, okay, a kid stops breathing. How much? How long can they survive? I mean, three minutes, yeah, maybe. And so, getting in at that window. Exactly. Like so in so order to be effective low. for these checks, you would have to check every three minutes or whatever. And we're not doing that. So chances are by the time you go in, something has happened or he's just fine. And I don't know. And and if you delay checking, that just, if and he, he is dead, it just gives you a little bit more time of <laughs> Honestly, not freaking out. I just, and I just have to say like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen and i can't really control it so there's no point in stressing about it and i feel like the outlet just kind of helps you stress about it more anyway marketing huh yeah we're talking a lot about the future uh like the distant future it feels like which maybe it's not that distant for the marketer who's listening to this right now who's trying to figure out how is like Google, for example, which is a big player in the marketing space, how are they, how is that going to change? What does the future look like for Google within the next year, within the next 24 months? Mm. What advice, like, how do you see that shifting? Do you see them shifting away from what we now know as search? Well, I mean, it depends on if you include alphabet in that. And do you? Um, I don't know. You could. Because I think they separated for that very reason that Google is going to be what Google is and Alphabet was that kind of creation for everything else that Google will never be. Yeah. <clears throat> I see... the If you guys watch the Google I.O. thing or read anything about it, their big one of the big reveals was uh, Google Home, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. The, it's um, the Amazon Echo yeah. competitor. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Just we're seeing that... Uh, blow up like i think virtual assistants are going to be the big thing within the next uh, couple years and uh we're seeing that with like the goal of google is to answer your questions before you realize you had that question an example of that is you have a meeting at noon uh, google will look at the traffic and they'll alert you saying traffic's a little heavy you probably want to leave at this time you didn't have that question but you're now glad that you have that information and that's one of their big goals. So it's just interesting how we're moving to the Siri and Cortana or Cortana, however you want to say it. I think those are the, we're scratching the surface on virtual assistants and apparently these, the Amazon echo, I haven't actually tried it, but supposedly they're far more intelligent than what we use like on our our smartphones. Yeah. Siri and whatnot. Siri is still very interesting. There was one, I, forget the name, but I've tested it out and it's actually fascinating how good it is. Like I could ask it. I just pick up my phone and I said, show me homes in South Jordan, Utah, uh, that are selling between 250,000 and 350,000. And it actually pulled up the results instantly just because it connects to all these different databases. Are you looking to move to South Jordan? No, I was just, how much money you have. I was just (laughs) testing uh, a different thing. And I tested, uh, Oh, it was crazy. Oh, I, I, you could like book flights. So like, or, or hotels, show me hotels in Las Vegas is, that have four stars. Is this that thing that's been, that was written by the people who created Siri and has since left Apple? <clears throat> no, I don't remember. It wasn't Apple. They bought it from some university or something. 
Who? A- uh, Apple. Apple bought Siri. Bought the program. They did? I'm pretty sure. Ugh, yeah, I, I think I've heard it that. It came out while I was gone out of the country, so I don't know. Because I know what you're talking about. Anyway, uh, whatever the team is that built Siri, they have since built another one. And this one writes programs on the fly based on your uh, what you're asking it. And so it kind of uses a network-like brain to connect dots between different pieces of information based on your request. So you can say something like, tell me what the weather was uh, three Tuesdays ago at five o'clock. And it will in, in a specific city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can connect that information. And yeah, it can operate programs within, like you can say, send $40 worth of flowers to my mom on Mother's Day and it will purchase it right there. Yeah. With no verification or authentication? It I will mean, show you, some... it will show you like a couple options. You click the one you want and then it will, boom, ding, and done. But I see that as the future of search and I'm not talking five years down the road. I, I'm, you're already seeing that where, you're not necessarily optimizing for that for the people who still are looking at screens, uh, asking questions. A, we're going to see we haven't scratched the surface on long tail keywords now that people are using voice to search. I think the phrases like uh, you're seeing way more questions asked today than you were five ten years ago. And now that we're using voice and asking very specific questions, like you could be standing in your kitchen and Amazon Echoes there. And you're like, I wonder if the I wonder if Macy's is crowded right now because I need to get my grocery shopping done. It'll be able to connect to a database. Not saying it does it now, but I don't see the future being very long before it's like, oh, if you go to Macy's right now, you'll probably be in line for about four minutes. And the aisles are a little bit crowded. And that's search. Like we're just searching with our questions. You think about the searches you do right now, it's usually because you're trying to find some sort of information, whether it's a celebrity's height or you're trying to find the best rehab for someone. I think these virtual assistants are going to be the way we search very quickly. Would you guys agree or disagree? No, well, it's it's hard to disagree, right? <clears throat> I think I think you're on the right track. By the way, Siri was designed and programmed by a company called Siri Inc, which was acquired by Apple mm. in April of 2010. Yeah. Cool. Um but I did hear about a new um Siri type thing that that is uh coming out. But I thought that it was coming from a university, like students who were building. This I mean, or it something. could be, but the the like keynote I watched was from the team that had built Siri originally. To be honest, there are probably lots of people building things like these. Yeah. Do you guys want to call someone? Sure. Uh, we've tried to call Huli a few times and haven't gotten. Through. Oh yeah, let's try Huli. You want to try Huli? Yeah. All right. Let me let me ask Siri to call Huli for me. Call Chase Huli. Now it does. <laughs> this guy never answers his phone. What's up? Chase. How goes it, man? Good, man. Hey, I've got Brandon and Paxton on the line. What's up, dude? What's up? Hey, guys. And uh, you're on Below the Fold. <laughs> oh, nice. oh. I don't know uh, if Nate has told you, but we've tried to call you previously. In fact, last month I called you. You probably saw all my missed uh, calls, and we were going to do the same thing, but you didn't answer. Yeah, I was getting uh, out of the living in the hospital for a period there. Oh, I remember that. How's your boy? Yeah, 
100% healthy now, thank goodness. That's awesome. Hey, man, uh, so I want to pull you into a conversation. Are you down with that? I am. So this is kind of like who wants to be a millionaire, and you are our lifeline. (laughs) (laughs) Always wanted to be somebody's lifeline. Yeah. So here's here's the topic we've kind of been talking about, and it's um, the future of communication. So let me just give you some background into kind of what we've been talking about. We've been talking about VR, uh, how VR may, might look in the next few years and, and whether or not it will replace um, kind of how we're currently communicating. We've also talked about uh, email going the way of the, you know, whatever, going bye-bye and maybe being replaced by social networks, uh, specifically because of how millennials are growing up with social and how they might view email. And then what was the last thing we talked about? Just barely. Uh, just like the uh, the uh, virtual assistants like oh, yeah. Amazon, Echo, Google Siri. Home, Siri, people kind of using that as the new way of search. So, Huli, fast forward five to ten years or whatever, what do you think the future of communication looks like, uh, whether in our industry or, um, you know, in general? Very interesting question. I mean, I think... VR is definitely going to be huge, um, especially I, I think uh, more companies will realize the value in letting employees work from home, like I do, um, but still needing them to be immersed and feel like they're part of the company at headquarters instead of at their home office. So actually, that's interesting, right? Because you work remotely. Your company is based in San Jose. Do you imagine that in five to 10 years, your company would invest in uh, technology that would allow you to kind of be there virtually that you just kind of put on a headset or, or they, you know, install a chip into your brain or whatever. And you kind of can, 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 can show up that way. I don't know about the chip in the brain. I don't know if I'd be down for that, but I definitely think uh, meetings, I, I could easily see in five years, me putting on a PR headset and be sitting at our boardroom table for um, company meetings versus having to fly out. And of course, everybody around the table basically sitting at home in their underwear, but looking like they're dressed in their business yeah. attire. Is that how you work? Table. Are you in your underwear right now? I mean, yeah, I, hopefully but, you're I'm wearing underwear, right but are you wearing anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually in gym clothes, to be honest. That's awesome. That's my my work attire. I can see that happening. So boardroom, I almost see that as kind of a first step for like meetings, right? Where eventually you might have to turn on your VR. And it's interesting because we talked about some uh, media, like movies and books that we've been reading about the future of VR. And um, um, some, in some cases, it's almost like you put on your VR and you're in your virtual home and you actually have to travel to work instead of like, instantaneously being there, um, which seems kind of like a waste of time, but, um, I would, yeah, I would agree. That's a waste. But I, I see that. I can see that for sure. Like you have, like right now you have call in numbers, conference call numbers, and you call that in and it's basically a, a, a virtual meeting room without the visual, just the audio, uh, adding the visual doesn't seem like it would be that hard. They actually have some programs. Yeah, yeah I think so. Especially if, uh, Depending upon how advanced VR can get, like if I can have a virtual whiteboard that we can all kind of work from, um, 
yeah, I'm, especially, I mean, as, as uh, companies and teams continue to uh, spread across the globe, and we've got marketing teams in Europe, all throughout Europe, actually, um, and APAC over in Asia. So the ability for all of us, if we're, if we're uh, strategizing marketing campaigns or even just simple business update meetings, for us to all be in the same room, virtually, of course, I think there's, I mean, that, that's where it's headed. I have no doubt that eventually that's how it's going to be. Yeah, I think you're right. So uh, I have one really important question. As you kind of start to adapt and incorporate VR into your life, specifically Huli, um, tell me what your avatar is going to look like. <laughs> are you going to, are you, gonna, how tall are you? You're like what, five, five? I'm like six, four. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my question. So that's how tall you're going to be <laughs> in VR? Top five, seven. Now that, that's an interesting point. Um, maybe there's a, Maybe that's a, a new business for people that will spring up around that time is avatar designers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Guaranteed. Are you kidding? Like, you're going to have your Louis Vuitton or, you know, or what? Uh, Louis Vuitton. Louis the Vuittons and your <laughs> Chanel's. They're all going to be digital designers uh, digitally creating your purses and your suits and your shoes. And people will spend thousands of dollars to get this this design specifically from this one graphic designer. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I would, I'm confident enough uh, in my own appearance that I would look the same, but I sure would like some help when it comes to uh, making fashion. sure my dress. Yeah. Fashion, yeah, exactly. So That's hilarious. That's all I got, man. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, you guys are welcome. Hey, so uh, can I get your permission to call you randomly at any time to do this? Sure. All right. You'll just know not to answer. Is that basically what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> no, if, I, if I'm available and not in a meeting, I'll for sure answer. Cool, man. Thanks, Uli. Okay. See ya. See you guys. See you later. You didn't even say bye, Brandon. <sighs> I looked over and it looked like you were about to say your famous, see ya. See ya. I was going to tell him I've seen him with his shirt off and he looks great, so he doesn't really need uh, a good looking avatar to replace his current looks. When have you seen him with his shirt off? <laughs> when we played basketball, 97th floor. We'd always, Hooli would be the uh, skins. <laughs> and usually Hooli was the only yeah. skin. <laughs> <laughs> I was always on the shirts team. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Any last comments? Uh, that app I was talking about is called Hound. And uh, it's very intelligent. Download it. It's for uh, Google as well as Apple. It's worth testing out. Sound hound? Just call the hound. All right. Reach out. Share any topic ideas, uh, comments. If you ha if you have an idea for uh, what the communication is going to look like in the next few years, share it with us. Uh, we'll shout out any responses that we get. Uh, it's inbound at belowthefold.io. See ya.